0: Good morning. Good morning. So, you guys probably all know me, but in case someone out there doesn't, my name is David Harris. Uh, Cassie, uh, my wife, we uh, are the youth leaders here. So today I'm going to be sharing with you some of the stuff that the, the youth has been hearing. And uh, before I get started and telling you about what the youth has been hearing and learning, I just want to say thank you again for everybody that provides food. It's, uh, it really is a blessing, and so we're able to feed these kids both physically and spiritually, and that's a lot because of you guys. So let's thank you again. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, just for the boldness I've seen in my Kate, Lord, just up there dancing in front of you. I pray, Lord, that you just use me today, Lord, and speak through me. Help me just clearly give your message. Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so passion. As I say that word, you guys probably all think of something. It may be the passion of the Christ. It may be your spouse. It may be your job. But we're passionate people. People are all passionate. So, passion is kind of like it, it, it's what drives you, it's what you can't keep in, it's what you can't stop talking about, can't stop thinking about. So, for me, my passions. My family, my kids, like I said, I was just talking about my Kate. She's breaking my heart up there. She's dancing to the Lord. I love it. So, my family one of my passions guns. I like guns. Pretty much anything gun related, I could talk about guns all day long. So, that's one of my passions. Uh, also, the grace of God. And then just sharing that good news, sharing the gospel. So what are you passionate about? Is sharing the gospel your greatest passion? I know for me, it's way easier for me to talk about guns with the people I'm around than it is to start talking about, about the gospel. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share a couple methods that has helped me the, to bring up those, those gospel messages, bring up that spiritual conversations, and it's uh, a lot of this material I'm going to use is actually from Dare to Share Ministries, so I'm not the inventor of this. I don't want the credit. It's not me. But uh, Greg Steer from Dare to Share Ministries has got a lot of good stuff. That's what we've been going over with the youth. And one of these methods is called the cause circle. And the cause circle, it's, it's about prayer, care, and share. So you're going to have a hundred times more influence on your friends than a stranger is. You're going to be able to to just reach out to them way better than any of us are going to. And what this tool does is it's a way to be... It's a simple way to be more intentional about sharing Jesus' message. It's built around three simple priorities. The same priorities that Jesus lived out in His earthly ministries. And like I, it's prayer, care, and share. And here's how it works. It all starts with prayer. So Jesus often took time to be alone with His Father in prayer. See, He knew how important it was to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. By doing that, uh, when we start praying about the people we are seeking to reach out, it prepares their heart for the good news. It prepares their heart about the gospel of Jesus. So care. Jesus often modeled how important it is to care about people's needs. Jesus often healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He helped the hurting. He cared for the whole person. He wasn't just concerned about their spiritual needs. But in the same way, we must love those around us. We do this by listening to them and caring for them. They're not our projects. They're people. We got to remember that. We don't go ahead and reach people because we want to see how many people we can get saved. Because we can't save anybody. So they're not projects. They're people. And then share. After prayer and care, we must lovingly share the gospel message. We got to do that clearly and confidently. Sometimes it's harder to be confident and clearly, especially when you're talking in front of a bunch of people. But we must do it with confidence. They know it's real. When we invite someone to put their their faith in Christ, we're inviting them to make the biggest and best decisions of their life. A restored relationship with, with God, I mean, that's the greatest news on this planet. So don't be afraid to ask them put their faith in Jesus and if they say no or not now or I'm not sure that's okay you just go back to continue with the the prayer care and share process so if they say yes that's when we want to celebrate now that's good news and we want to get them plugged into a church somewhere they can grow we don't want to just leave them there just defend from themselves we want them to grow deeper in their faith we want to challenge them to begin their own cause circle where they're off praying for somebody caring for somebody and sharing with them with their own friends so a lot of people don't have a hard time with the prayer and care part we can do that we can pray for somebody we can care about somebody we can pour our lives into them for some reason a lot of us we have a hard time with the share and I don't know if it's because we feel that we don't know enough or maybe they're going to ask a question we don't know maybe we don't even know how to, how to bring up spiritual conversations well that's okay because i got another three step process for you guys <laughs> and that's ask, admit, and admire, also from Dare to Share. So the way it works is you ask a lot of questions. You get to know somebody. Jesus asked a lot of questions when he was here. One thing, one topic that everybody knows pretty well is themselves. So if you ask, ask them questions about themselves, you just keep asking questions and you listen to them. And then as you're asking those questions, try and turn the subject towards a spiritual subject. Kind of like, it could be as easy as saying, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Or do you have a religious background? You know, it, whatever it is. But as you're asking these questions, listen to them and find something you could admire about them. So, for example, if it was, say, um, you ask those questions and they tell you they're a Mormon. Well, instead of just starting an argument, admire them, Say, hey, you know, I'm really, I'm really uh, happy to see uh, you guys. You're focused on the family. Or, you know, I you can tell them, you know, I really admire the way You guys have missionaries out there hard at work. Because if you start arguments, that just puts up walls. But if you start complimenting them, that tears down the walls. It, It opens up that communication so you can talk to people. So, and then finally, after you ask and you admire, you admit. You admit that the reason you're a Christian is that you're so messed up that you needed someone to save you. And that someone is Jesus Christ. And then right then and there, you can tell them your testimony, you can tell them your story. And as soon as you get done telling your story, you can tell them the gospel. And I have a little acrostic. It's kind of uh, what the gospel is. It's it's the the core of it, like say the meat and potatoes. Um, It's not a script. It's not exactly what you should say, but it's the basics you need to know about the gospel. So it's God, our sins, paying everyone life. The gospel. So God, he created us to be with him. He loves us. And He cares about us, and he made us to be in relationship with him. That's why we're here. Our sins separate us from God. But because, because we are sinners, we're separated from God. He is pure and holy. We're not. So there's a wall between us. It's like if I had a bottle of water and I put one drop of arsenic in it, that whole bottle is ruined. And that's how our sins are with God. One sin has separated us. That's poison. And then sins. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. So you can try and live a good life. You can, you can go to church. I don't know if you guys know this. Going to church doesn't save you. You can go to church. You can just try and do, reach out, go door to door, whatever it is, doing good deeds does not save you. It's like putting chocolate on a turd. It may look nice on the outside, but the inside still just poop. So... Isaiah 64, 6 says, Even our good deeds look like filthy rags. Even our good deeds look like filthy rags. But there's good news still. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Jesus died in our place for our sins. He took the wrath of God for our sins instead of us on the cross. When he said it is finished, he meant he paid the price and he paid it in full. Everyone who trusts in Him alone has eternal life. It's not by trying or trusting. It's not a matter of good deeds. It's what Jesus has done on the cross. So if you trust in Him, you receive everlasting life. It's faith alone and Christ alone. It's nothing we can do except trust in Jesus. Jesus said in John 6, 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has everlasting life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So you enter into this personal relationship, personal permanent relationship with God. Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. They may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, as you walk through this gospel acrostic with them, just this core, if you don't know how to share it, it's just a simple uh, way to make sure you get the core of it. As you walk through that, then there's two questions to ask them at the end of that. And does that make sense? And is there anything holding back right now from putting your faith in Jesus? So, kind of to sum up the ask, admire, admit, so you take them through the gospel and that's God, our sins, paying everyone life. The two closing questions. Does that make sense? Is there anything holding you back right now for putting your faith in Jesus? So, I'm going really fast. <laughs> as, we're gonna, as we're starting to wrap up, uh, I want you guys to think of one person. Uh, one family member, one friend, neighbor, someone that you know. I want you to think of somebody that you know that you don't think has a relationship with Jesus. But I want you to go one more than just step than just thinking about it. I want you to write it down. Write it on your bulletin, your notes, whatever. Just write it down. And I want you to intentionally pray for that person. And then I, I challenge you to go and share that good news. If you're feeling a little... Little empty this morning, and you just don't have that passion fuel that you need to go out there and share the gospel. I've got a few different passion fuels that I just wanted to share with you. And it's okay to have multiple of these, and that's we'll see that you know, the apostle Paul he had multiple of these, these passion fuels why he reached out to the lost. And the first, first one I just want to talk about is it's because we want to obey God because he told us to, Daddy said so, so we're going to do it. And it's Matthew twenty eight nineteen. And Matthew 28:19 says, "Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." So we go and do it just because we're told to. That's one of the reasons we should be going out and reaching our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, the strangers. So another reason is for the love of God. 2 Corinthians 5:14 says, "For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died." Also, we see Apostle Paul, he talks about because of the fear of God. So we have the love of God from Apostle Paul and the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 5.11, it says, Since then, we know that what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope that it is also plain to your conscience. So we want to reach people because we want to obey God, because of the love for God, the fear for God. And then we've got the reality of hell. We've got the story of Lazarus, the rich man Lazarus. You guys probably all know that story, but we'll read, we'll read through that as well. It says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. And at his gate lay a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat whatever fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. And verse 25 says, But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comfort, in, in comfort here, and you are in agony. And besides, all this between, you, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who have to go from here to you cannot, nor any, can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not listen, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So here we have the rich man in hell begging to just please, this, this place is terrible. Go tell, my, go tell my brothers. I don't want them to be here. So the reality of hell—it's a real place. We're going to be in one place or the other. Our friends, our family members—they're going to be in one place or the other when they die. Another passion fuel is the compassion for the lost. Matthew nine thirty-six to thirty-eight says, "When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd." Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." ask ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into the harvest field so we should have these different passion fuels to help us drive to go out and reach the lost and the hurting he said whatever it is whether you just come to obey God the love of God the fear of God the reality of hell or just compassion for him or whether it's all of them it's okay to mix them all you know because God said so none of these are better than the others just keep going and, and compiling and filling your tank with these different type of fuels. But most importantly, we got to depend on the spirit of God. So in Acts 1:8 it says you will receive power when the spirit of God comes upon you. So we got to be dependent on that holy spirit to work through us. It said it's nothing we can do. We can't save people. We can just give them the message. We want to give it to them as clearly and as boldly as we can. It's okay if they see that we don't have the answers because we don't have them all. You know, just, you got to admit that the reason we needed Jesus is because we're messed up. We're all sinners saved by grace. And it's, in the, the song we, they're singing before I came up here, you know, Jesus paid it all. It's all because of him. He paid the price and all we got to do is just put our faith and trust in him. All right, we'll, we'll close in prayer and have a early lunch. Father God, I thank you again for today, Lord. I I do pray, Lord, that everybody here would just take that challenge, Lord, and would write down someone's name and just, this week, just intentionally pray about that person. Pray how we can reach the loss, Lord. Just, we live in such a hurting and dying world that is so lost and has departed so much from your ways, Lord. I pray that you could just use us to reach the lost, Lord. Use us to be... Your witnesses, Lord, help us just to shine your light. Lord, I pray that you just not, just let us uh, go one day this week without thinking about that one person that you put on our, each one of our minds today here in church, Lord. That we could just be consumed by them, and Lord, and just want to pray for them, and just want to reach out, Lord, because we love you, Lord. And we don't want to see anybody go to hell, Lord. Just like, you don't desire that. I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Continue to, uh, to bless our church here, Lord. Just uh, thank you so much for the youth group that we've been having, Lord. I pray you just just keep uh, bringing them in, Lord, so they could hear this good news as well. Thank you again for the hearts of the, the people in our church, Lord, wanting to feed them, Lord. And just, just thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that you just be with each one of us, Lord, as we go from here and just keep us safe throughout our, our week, Lord, and just help us to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.